Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I'm Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And today we get to play another edition of Where in the World is Kevin Henry? Because Kevin Henry is not in Colorado. I'm not. I'm not. I am in the beautiful state of Oklahoma celebrating my dad's 79th birthday. Uh, drove by uh, One Oak Field earlier, home of the Tulsa Drillers. Uh, maybe some folks remember that franchise from Rocky's Lore. So, uh, yeah, good to be here in uh, the Sooner State, shall we say. It's all good, man. You know, I was, I was today years old when I found out that you saw – a player that used to play for the Tulsa drillers that apparently is the cousin of Joshua Fuentes. You know, there was one guy we, I never could claim it before he got called up from, from Tulsa. That's the only thing, but you know, the scouting report on that guy, even though he got called up to AAA, was that he had a decent bat, but his glove needed a little bit of work. So here's hoping that, uh, that yeah. uh, Fuentes cousin finds his way at some point, uh, somewhere along the path. Yeah, and apparently, uh, uh, yeah, we aren't allowed to say that. That's well, that's that's a swear word, so we can't have it. <laughs> we can't have a a non kid friendly podcast. So sorry, we we can't say his name. So that that I will, I, I will just tell you that uh, that that young man turned out okay. Uh, I don't want oh, really? to spoiler. I don't want to play spoiler, but he turned out all right. Oh, really? Much like this shortstop that came down to Tulsa one time on a rehab assignment, 
this guy named Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I just want to pull that out. So if I remember right, I'll have to look. I don't think those two ever intersected here in beautiful Tulsa. Uh, I'll have to look back and see when that Tulo uh, visit was, but still. Yeah, I mean, we all know that uh, he had his uh, fair share of rehab assignments. <laughs> he did, he did, as it turns out. But I remember whenever he showed up here, it was a big deal. And one thing I noticed um while i was by one oak field earlier today and you'll see where i'm going to go with this is that the big huge wrapped column of jeff francis is still there you know jeff francis who just got uh named to the canadian baseball hall of fame of course and you wrote an interesting article about all the sports illustrated in denver uh disappearing one time at the hand of a jeff francis family member uh, so yeah, I, I was, uh, interested to see the, the Jeff Francis column, uh, memorializing his great season here in Tulsa was still intact. Yes, it was. And by the way, I just looked and they did not intersect as uh-huh. was there in 2010 and 2012. And if you look on the site, also known as baseball reference, I've heard of that. One Arenado was not, Oh, sorry. I just swore. Whoops. Um, <laughs> he was not on those teams you know and if you look at the tulsa world from one of those i believe it was the 2012 uh, you'll see some young uh, pup reporter who got to interview troy tulowitzki about being in tulsa and i threw out all the t words that i could there with troy tulowitzki in tulsa by the way i stand corrected i just completely missed it because he was right at the top they it was 2012 they, they actually were together so ah see there you go okay yeah, I had my head uh, somehow I missed it. But see, all right, there you go. The pitcher, also known by his nickname Julius Chaikin, was on that team. Ah, we had appearance: Tyler Chatwood, Corey Dickerson, Jason Giambi. Again, rehab appearance. Rockies legend Ben Paulson, um, and also their current AAA manager Warren Schaefer was on that team. Warren Schaefer. Have I ever told you about the time that I won a Warren Schaefer autographed jersey? Uh, I don't think you have. I haven't told you that story. I have a an autographed Tulsa Drillers Warren Schaefer jersey hanging in my closet. And I actually mentioned that to Warren Schaefer whenever I was down in Albuquerque last year. And he said to me, and I quote, why? So there you go. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, that, that's probably worth maybe pennies but i mean who knows maybe if he becomes an mlb coach or manager that'll maybe so maybe you're just sitting on a million bucks right there you know you you can't ever tell don't go looking on ebay later i'm just gonna tell you but uh no (laughs) i i have that on my the jersey section of the closet as the tulsa drillers warren schaefer dare i say green jersey because i believe it was the Earth Day jersey that they were giving away. So there you go. I was hoping it would be a St. Patrick's Day jersey. No, no, we didn't. We didn't start the double A season that early, my friend. I hate to tell you. Uh, that, that still doesn't mean you can't have one. <laughs> See how we're talking about minor league baseball because there's no major league baseball to talk about. <laughs> Look at us talking about minor leagues. See, it's yeah, we're five and a half minutes in, and we have not talked about a single thing that we thought we would talk about because no. I was on with with our good friend Patrick Lyons of DNVR. I mean, you you know Patrick, good yeah. guy. 
And he and I were chatting about minor league opening day and going through, you know, the Topes, the Yard Goats, you know, the the Grizzlies, the Indians, where's everybody going to be? What's it going to look like? That could well be the excitement that we've got, my friend, is minor leagues and what's going on there. Yet Rob Manfred and the owners are still trying to quash the minor leagues as much as they can. Who needs because it? if you have not heard, they uh, they want to have the flexibility to eliminate up to, oh, well, around 30 players, possibly even more, uh, from each minor league uh, fran- uh, from each franchise's minor league teams. Yep. Just great way to build the game, guys. Let's well, let's not oh, first off. Let's eliminate minor league teams. Let's get rid of minor league players with that, and let's get rid of more minor league players. Let's have just labor strife with the uh, with the um, with the pandemic. Let's have it again kind of in 2021. Let's have it again in 2022. Let's not have a good streaming platform. Let's not market our players. And let's air everything out in the open of how each side hates each other. Yeah. That will get tremendous rating. You know, my dad and I were having a talk tonight at his birthday dinner about the MLB players and the Super Bowl because, you know, we were having the discussion about the commercials at the Super Bowl and how, you know, the Peyton Manning one, of course, you know, there were a lot of sports represented. We know baseball was not among them. Nope. So my dad and I were having a discussion tonight about baseball players and how they're marketed. And why people don't know who Mike Trout is, why people who don't know who Juan Soto is, which still blows my mind. Tatis, you know, I mean, go down the list. You don't know these guys. And the biggest MLB connection that there was to the Super Bowl was Clayton Kershaw because he was buddies growing up with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. That was the whole MLB buzz the whole time was that. And really the only other connection, and it wasn't even really a connection, is, oh, Tom Brady didn't make the Super Bowl this year, and he was drafted by a team that doesn't exist and or doesn't exist anymore, and he was drafted 25 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> it, and, Great you know, marketing, guys. Just terrific. terrific. Yeah, I, th- I think we can look back at all the missteps that there has been. During this, and and obviously, there's so much horrific information coming out during the Tyler Skaggs trial. Uh, there's so much bad information coming out, as you mentioned, about the minor leagues and what has tried to be done. You know, and when there's no no transactions, no trades, no buzz to talk about, these things are just going to get amplified more. And so far, it has not been good news for MLB on any front. And to take it even further. You want to know why the Rockies have gotten so much bad publicity in the last three years? One, they keep losing. Two, what have they done? Right. They signed Daniel Murphy. Oh, and they traded Nolan Arenado away. Old timer uh, Daniel Murphy, by the way. New York. And by the way, that, that is the, that is the third time I've sworn on this podcast. Now we I might know. have to put uh, explicit content warning. The parental advisory is coming on, but it, it's. It's stunning to me that, A, 
we're really still in this lockout as yep. at least as we record this and B that there has been nothing done by the players to really come together and use social media together. Yeah. You know, they all blanked out their picture at the very start of this, but what have they done as a group to really amplify their voice since this lockout started? Nothing. No. And I, and I don't understand this. They have everybody on their side, but they're not using that to their uh, fullest potential in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And that's regardless of which side you're on, which most people listening to this are going to be on the side of the players. I mean, there, there are so many things in this where they say that any publicity is good publicity. And they'll be showing that it's not. No. <laughs> and the Agreed. players are showing it. It's not. Absolutely. <laughs> really not. You know, and, and I'll admit, I'm very surprised that, and I know this name shouldn't be uttered either, but a lot of what came out about Trevor Bauer, it really went away pretty quickly, yeah. uh, which I was really surprised about. Uh, I thought it would be in the news cycle a little bit longer, but either, and well, no, it's not either. People don't care right now. Yeah. I mean, our, you know, our readership numbers say that. <laughs> I think any interest that you go on ESPN or any of the other sports outlets and you look at baseball right now, it's, it's non-existent. MLB.com, as we've talked about. It. I, I was so. just going to say, well, why should fans care if MLB doesn't care? Right. Because you look on MLB.com and it's a, it, to put it nicely, it's a barren wasteland. Yep. No, it's, uh, you know, do you remember this guy from the 1987 season? You know, I mean, yeah, you know, and you can do that for a little while. And, and there are days when nostalgia is great, but there are other days that you're like, where's Trevor Story going to sign? Yeah. I mean, seriously, where's Carlos Correa going to sign? We've got to start answering some of these questions before people care again. Yeah. And uh, considering that, I well, one of my majors is history, so obviously I'm a big history fan. Um, for Call to the Pen, our sister site, I've been looking at some of the players that should get more consideration for the Hall of Fame. But who is going to? Uh, what topic is going to? Is going to draw in fans to grow the game? Now, Trevor Story signing, Carlos Correa signing, that kind of stuff, or should Buddy Bell be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. He should be in the Hall of Fame for being the Rockies manager. I can tell you that. And for for folks of a certain era, absolutely. Louis Tiamas, you know, Buddy Bell, Greg Nettles, absolutely. I mean, those are some interesting discussions to have. But the problem is that the generation that MLB is trying to reach and is losing, you know, or has already lost, goes Greg who? Yeah. Greg spelled G R A I G. Yeah. What is that? that? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And before we go to break, I I have to bring this story up. This was probably about 15 years ago now, actually a little bit longer. Um, Frank Robinson was the manager of the Washington nationals. Frank Robinson, of course, is a hall of famer has, I believe, 569 career homers. It's over 500 career homers. And first black manager in the majors, 
two-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, Triple Crown winner, 14-time All-Star, All-Star Game MVP, World Series MVP. And one of his players had no idea that he had even played in the majors, let alone was a Hall of Famer. So I don't know who that player was, but okay, player is probably in his 20s. That's the age demographic you're trying to market now. If they don't know that and they're playing for the guy, I mean, you you have to market the players. And when you don't market the players, you have what's happening right now. Yeah, You're, you, you're regressing. And that's exactly what happened in the 94-95 strike where MLB lost 20% of their attendance. And the only thing that brought that back, the only thing that brought that back was steroids. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So after the break, we're going to take a completely different tangent here. Okay. We're actually going to talk about an article that came out on our sister site of Call of the Pen that has got Noah and I having some discussion about who should really be the Colorado Rockies representative on this site. And we'll look at that right after this break here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. And we are back, Kevin Henry, alongside Noah Yingling on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah, we didn't talk a lot of Rockies before the break, so let's do that now that we're past the break here. And let's talk about this article from Call of the Pen. Uh, our friend Eric Truden over there wrote an article about the most underrated player on every National League team. And I was surprised a little bit when he named Sam Hilliard as the most underrated player on the Rockies. And I wrote an article about that for Rocks Pile, but I thought, you know, it's an interesting thought. Who would you say was the most underrated? And then I'm also going to ask you, how do you define underrated when it comes to the Rockies? That is a very good question. And for the Rockies, it depends on what, what you're looking at. Are you just looking at the players with your own eyes? Are you looking at the numbers? Are you balancing them? Um, Are you looking at their potential? I think that if you're looking at potential, you go absolutely with, with Eric on what he, his choice. And he chose Sam Hilliard. Yep. And as he says, he has a long list a quote. He has a long list of mechanical adjustments to make before he is, uh, he is to be considered an above average player. There are there encouraging signs out of him? Yeah. Above average defense, decent power. But as we all know, if you, if you have watched him again, this is to the eye test. Yep. He's got a very big swing, very long swing swings and misses. A lot. That's yeah. his biggest problem. Yeah. You, you know, and, and one thing I have not done, I should have done this before we hopped on the podcast. And no, I don't know if it's something that you've got the skill set to do, but I know Sam Hilliard was supposed to be uh, working on that hole in his swing uh, during the winter league, you know, and some of the things that he was supposed to be doing. And I'll be honest, I haven't seen exactly how that went or if it even went. Uh, it did went. It, it it did go, but it didn't go particularly glowingly. Okay. Um, so, 
I, I'll pull up the exact numbers, but yeah, it was it was not it was not great. Yeah, and and I think that that's where you know Sam Hilliard is a great guy. Noah and I have both talked to him. Uh, you know, he is a guy that obviously has been through a lot in these last few years with with his dad and his battle with Lou Gehrig's disease and his passing. Um, you know, and and that is all separate from Sam Hilliard, the baseball player. Yeah. And I think with Sam Hilliard, the baseball player, that there is a problem with the swing. And absolutely, there's some amazing power potential. We saw it off Josh Hader at Coors Field. We saw it in Dodger Stadium, where he apparently loves to hit home runs. But I'm just going to tell you, there's a problem with a consistent power threat or even a consistent hitting threat whenever it comes to Sam Hilliard. You look in the Dominican Winter League. What is, uh, I want to get your initial reaction on what these stats say. Let's hear it. Slash line. 204, 278, 429, 12 games, 49 at-bats, 15 strikeouts, three homers, four RBI. What's your initial reaction? Well, it's a feast or famine is what it boils down to. I mean, you've got three, three shots and, and a lot of uh, not contact there, it sounds like to me. What that tells me, that is the same exact thing that he had before. Yep. In the majors in 2021, he hit 215, so nine points higher. On base percentage of 294, so that was 16 points higher. Slugging percentage, slightly higher, 463 in the majors, 429 in the winter league. A lot of homers, comparatively speaking. A lot of strikeouts. And not much else. And and I think that the Rockies now this is the way I'm reading the tea leaves, Noah. You tell me if I'm off base here. I think the Rockies are counting on Sam Hilliard in 2022. I really do. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I and I think a lot of their offseason plans have revolved around Sam Hilliard stepping up his game, becoming that guy who can take over in center field, becoming a guy who could be a power threat because we know how the Rockies have talked about they need more power in the outfield, and that is Hilliard, Sam. But the problem is, what if Sam Hilliard doesn't take that step up next year and that calculated risk doesn't pay off? Now, this isn't necessarily a knock on him, but of the Rockies players in the last three years, who has stepped up? offensively on a consistent level that's a great question because i can tell you spurts i mean jonathan daza had an incredible hot streak yeah <laughs> garrett hampson had an incredible hot streak but you know i can also counter i mean really the guy who stepped up the most is Elias diaz i'll agree with that i mean hampson <clears throat> hampson's not uh consistent enough um you look at Daza, and in fact, I had this in his player prediction article. Um, okay, he hit like 295 before the all-star break. But if you look at his BABIP, you're like, okay, he had a ton of good luck. Sure enough, second half, granted, COVID, thumb injury. And he was awful in the second half. Yep. You have Rymel Tapia, which you know what you have in Rymel Tapia. Um, Charlie Blackman's not getting any younger. If Trevor Story doesn't return, who are you going to have in the middle of the lineup? 
I, I don't know. You know, and I mean, you know, we've we've talked on this podcast about how that the offseason isn't over yet. The Rockies are going to make moves. I really don't think they're going to sit there because they know the firestorm that's going to come if they just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, we're good. No, you're not good. And, and everybody uh, knows. I'd be surprised if they don't do anything. I, I know that you and I, you and I may have placed a dollar bet somewhere along the way. I'm just going to tell you because I, I'm just like there's no way they can't sit there, especially knowing this is Bill Schmidt's first, his first chance to set himself apart from his predecessor. I don't think Bill Schmidt sits there and goes, "We're good." Now, an even me. better question though is okay, in the middle of the lineup, you've got C.J. Crone. Okay. Um. But you're most likely going to have McMahon, Blackman, and Hilliard. Who are you going to put in there against lefties? Oh, that's a really good question right there. Yeah. Because at least this past year, McMahon did not play. Uh, he didn't even start opening day because there's a lefty on the mound. Yep. Sam Hilliard can't hit lefties, at least as of now. So are you going to plug in uh, against lefties? Is your lineup going to be? Tapia Rogers and some some order. Tapia Rogers, probably Blackman, Crone, Connor Joe, Diaz, Hampson, Daza Valade. Two. That's yeah, not a good lineup. It's That's it's not. Awesome <laughs> but calling balls and strikes here. That is an well, awful lineup. Well, and again, I don't think I just don't think that's going to be your lineup. I just don't. I, I, but, for their sake, I really hope not. Oh, I, I hope not either, because I, I think there would be a mutiny at 20th and Blake if that's what if that's where things end up. And I think everybody knows that. And I think one thing that the Rockies have tried to do as best as they can is talk about how that they've revamped the front office. I mean, you wrote a little bit about that after Patrick Saunders kind of rolled out the new faces there and kind of the changes they're trying to make behind the scenes. I just don't think that they, they try to push out. We're making changes, and then they, they do the same thing. That eh, we're good. But I mean, I, the one guy that I forgot who he's kind of a wild card, Colton Welker. I, I agree with that. Now, Welker, I think, is a guy that I'm really curious to see, A, where they play him, B, how much they play him, and C, what Montero, how does that play into the mix too? Because I, I think that Montero is a guy that's going to play into the, the mix as well this coming season, somewhere yeah. along the way. By the way, for the honorable mention for Eric, yeah. um, for the uh, most underrated player, Ryan McMahon. Yeah. I, and- I, would, I would have to say, in a way, I agree with him. Uh, offensively, I don't, because I, I think he's fairly – he's not overrated or underrated. He's pretty fair on – Offense, defense is where he's underrated. And we I agree. Play. I agree with that. Yep. And yeah, versatility. Who knows? Colton Welker may be the starting third baseman on opening day, and Ryan McMahon might be at short. Never played it. I, who knows? You know, but hey, he took over for DJ. He took over yeah. for Nolan. He can take over for Story. Yeah. I, I think it's very That'd possible. Be a hell of a story. Nah. It would be, Mac, but Mac's that kind of guy. Mac has that kind of those kind of skills, and and if you're talking about underrated, people don't realize the shoes that this guy has not only stepped into, but in a lot of ways already grown out of. Whenever it comes to the Rockies, but still, he's another one where 
and we've talked about it plenty of times before in the last few weeks, especially here in the lockout offensively. And we, we just talked about it a few minutes ago offensively. Has he grown in the last two, three years? First half him says yes. If you're looking at power, uh, second half him says yes on base percentage. If you look at the total numbers, I know. It's the same exact thing. It is the same uh, identical numbers, uh, nearly identical numbers. And I still think that Mac is going to be a, a fascinating trivia question if you ever want to win a bet at a bar, because the fact he didn't start on opening day is still <laughs> hilarious in my mind. I'm just going to tell you, it is. Well, and in fact, and I, I know you know about this when I was on with Patrick Lyons, who we mentioned earlier, DNVR. Um, when you were looking at the opening day rosters and you look, look at some of them and you're like, yikes, holy God. Yep. Like, how is that an opening day lineup? Yep. And yeah, and then if, if you have no idea of the background of the team that year, you're like, yeah, that's probably not a good team. And then if you didn't know the record of the team before, you're like, yeah, it could have guessed a 67 and 95. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's some that you can throw out there and go, yep, that was a bad team. Yep, yep, that was a bad team. So Yeah. By the way, for Mac, now, if you look at OPS+, Plus, especially, as we remember in 2019, balls were flying out of places because they had the juice baseball. Um, you, But if you don't look at the OPS+, Plus, look at everything else. 24 homers, 23 homers, 83 RBI, 86 RBI. 160 strikeouts, 147 strikeouts, 56 walks, 59 walks, 250 average, 254 average, 329 on base, 331 on base, 450 slugging, 449 slugging, 779 OPS, 779 OPS. They're the same numbers. They're the same exact numbers. That's amazing, actually. Now, you look at OPS plus, and it's a 10% increase because the rest of the league didn't hit as well. But is a four is a four point growth and a two point growth in average and on base a big enough pickup for you in three RBI? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. That's why the Rockies where are where they are right now. And he's entering next year. Is he not their best hitter? You could say CJ Grone, but yeah. at least best overall player. It's Ryan McMahon. I agree with that. Absolutely. And and I think the one thing that we'll look back and see just how, and maybe amazing is the wrong word, but solid Ryan McMahon was during these seasons of transition. I think yeah. that we're going to look back and just go, wow, that dude stepped up. And And granted, if you look strictly at the numbers, offensively you make up meh, you know and and me you know but i think overall absolutely and that's one of the things that as we talked about earlier with hall of fame cases okay buddy bell like eh, it, yeah. not a hall of famer but you look and like okay average slightly above average offense but you look and he is the second best third baseman defensively of all time number one is brooks robinson who is the best defensive player in mlb history 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people would automatically go to Schmidt, uh, you know, if you ask him number two, obviously, yeah. or, you know, they might and even jump. Mike Schmidt out. is not there. No. If you look at the predecessor of uh, defensive run save, which is total zone runs, the number two third baseman of all time, and the number 10 defensive player of all time is former Rockies manager, Buddy Bell. And, and I will tell you, because I read your article on Call of the Pen about Buddy Bell's Hall of Fame case, and I have to admit I raised a little bit of an eyebrow at first. But, yeah, you dive into those numbers, and you're like, you know, I, and I remember Buddy Bell playing. You know, I, I am of that age, but I don't remember him being that good defensively. But, obviously, the numbers tell a different story. And if you look at war, I forget whether he was – he was either fifth or sixth. I'll have to go back to the article of if you – Look at war of players not in the Hall of Fame who have been on a Hall of Fame ballot, made their debut after 1901, and without a character clause issue, Pete Rose, PED guys, Kurt Schilling, um, and Buddy Bell is like fourth or fifth in all-time war of guys not in the Hall of Fame. Really makes you think. It does, honestly. And the guys ahead of them are Lou Whitaker, who gets a lot of traction from we the sabermetric community. Yep. Bobby Gritch, Rick Russell. That's terrific. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Greg Nettles. Got, and yeah, Buddy Bell is in that group. And I, yeah. well, my, my, my. <laughs> yeah. So on our underrated. Did we get a definitive answer who you'd say was the underrated? Is it Mac? Uh, I I would probably, if, if you're looking at potential, I would say Hillier. If you're looking at overall right now, if there's one player that's underrated, I don't think it's either of them. Okay. Honestly, I think it might be Brendan Rodgers. I think that's a good call. I was actually leaning that direction because I think that's what like. It does. And because this is a guy that, as we well know, he got his real first taste of a lot of action last year. Now, what does he do this year? You know, and, and that's the big question, obviously. But I think that his athleticism, where he plays, he's actually going to take over. You know, he could take over short this year. Who knows? Yeah, I think that, uh, but his ability to do that, I think is very underrated for sure. Yeah, and the problem with the Rockies is if if the Rockies had some better, to put it quite frankly, some better players in their lineup, I think that Brendan Rodgers might have done even better last year because he, he still would have had pressure on him because, okay, he had injuries and he's a top prospect and all that, sure. but... He wouldn't have to be the guy to, I mean, this year, you have Mac, you have Crone, and you have Rodgers. Those are yeah. the three guys who are going to have to carry your team, at least as of now, when you look at the roster. Yeah. Yeah, and I know Charlie's still out there. I know Diaz is still out there. I get all that. But I think if you're really looking at night in, night out. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, I mean, as we said, he's not getting any younger. And Diaz uh, caught his all-time high of MLB games, and he's played. He's. It's not like this was his first year in the in the majors. 
his all-time high in games was in 2021. He played in 106 games. He's played seven seasons in the majors. Yeah. 106. So I'm going to, so I'm going to go back to Diaz for just a minute here. And then I know we're going to wrap up, but I think Diaz and the defense that he brings that that's underrated. I, yeah. I do believe that. Uh, so I, I think you could take pieces of guys and say they're underrated. But I don't know, other than Rodgers, maybe. I'm not sure if there's a guy that you look at and go, yeah, he's underrated. Especially in the lineup. Now, pitchers, Marquez. But, again, it's finding the consistency. Yep. We know the Rockies starting pitchers can be good. We, we saw Kyle Freeland in 2018. He was really good. But in 2019, he was in AAA. And, and then last season, he put together a run that was very, very good. Yeah. So, but he started the season off injured, and he struggled. Mm-hmm. So which one are you getting? And that's the issue right there, my friend. Before we go, though, I do have to say we were talking about opening day lineups. Yep. 2004 left fielder. Who is it? Chu Freeman. No. Your <laughs> favorite all-time Rocky. My favorite is Ben Paulson. Wait, no. hold on. It's Tim. It, no, Tim Wheeler never Come made Come on. <laughs> it's Kit Pello. Kit Pello. My boy. H- how did you not get that? I, uh, you know what? I, I know why. You're a bad person. Well, I am a bad person. Uh, the fact that I did not get Kit Pello, and, uh, you know, I, and I feel bad now. I do. My boy. Luis A. Gonzalez, Royce Clayton. The second coming of Vinny Castilla, um, Jeremy Burnitz, and Sean Estes. Not a great lineup. Not a great lineup. No. Oh, wow. The Rockies legends. When old-timers day does come, if Kit Pello doesn't take the field, we riot. How about that? Yeah, the negative .3 war, Kit Pello, who played oh, yeah. 70 games with the Rockies. Noah, if all you're doing is using war to judge a player, you're a bad person. Uh, okay. I sorry. I, I already know this. Okay. Come on. <laughs> but I do have to say, I will tease an article as we get out of here. I will have an article of the best, uh, best Rockies to play one season or less with the team. Kit Pello is not on there. Why? He played two seasons with the Rockies. Well, then you're going to have to expand the article. That's just all there is to it. And Sorry. I'm, I'm, I, I also have to issue an apology to Craig Council. Craig Council had two plate appearances, or maybe it was two at bats. Um, no, it was, it was two plate appearances, one at bat with the Rockies, but they came in two seasons. Sorry, you're not eligible. Oh. You have a lot of little intricacies with this. Uh, you're going to have to explain all this. People will yeah, be the, knocking the, down the door. Yeah, the intro is going to be, okay, here's all the uh, – sorry, I, I do mention Craig Council in it. Sorry, not eligible. You had you had one at bat in two seasons. Well, we just lost all the, all the Brewers fans who listen to the podcast. We just lost them, so great. But I do have to say, Jeremy Burnett's Brewers legend Brewers might legend. make the team. Because he this played one season. One season with the Rockies. I love that you say might. I, I love the tease. Well done. Good job. He might make the bench. He's not making the outfield. He's not making the uh, starting lineup. I can tell you that. Wow. 
Well, I know if there was a season of two or more, Kit Pella would absolutely be your starter. Oh, yeah. like, no. I mean, hello. Right field. And if you look at his positions, right fielder, pinch hitter, that, that tells you something right there. And first baseman. Pinch hitter over first baseman. What a guy. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some guys have the talent to be the pinch hitter. That would be our boy, Patty Barrels, pinch hitter. Bring me, bring me the head of Pat Valleca and let him pinch it anytime. And please make him the Rockies' everyday first baseman. <laughs> oh. Wow, that's hard to end the podcast on that, but I think we're going to give it a shot. So, if you uh, know what I'm talking about, just dig into the bowels of Rock's bile. <laughs> and you will so, at, you know, and as Noah teased. Uh, He's done an excellent job of producing the content. Uh, you know, he, he is uh, definitely whipping me as the uh, the producer of content on Rockspile. But every day, at least somebody has something fresh on Rockspile every day. And so we uh, we always want to make sure we're providing you, the reader, and you, the listener, with the latest information. And who knows? Noah? Maybe even Kevin will have an article saying, Kit Pello, my favorite Colorado Rockies player. Ever. Maybe. You know what? That could be the end of the month article right there. It, it, <laughs> depending on how long the lockout goes out, we may go into a uh, oral history of Kit Pello in the Rockies. We'll see how that goes. So, uh, I got Danny Hawking on my list. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, thanks for hanging in with us. It's been a long episode, but we've had some fun. We hope you have as well. Uh, for my friend and colleague, Noah Yingling, Kevin Henry, rockspile.com, and even in the middle of the MLB lockout, we still say, go Rockies. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.